Welcome back to the Sports Brief Podcast. This is Colton Hall, as always. Before we get started with tonight's show, I actually have to uh, give a little shout-out to Tristan, who couldn't be with us tonight. He's feeling a little under the weather, which is totally understandable. Um, you know, I just you know, if you guys know anything that would help him out, please go ahead and uh, get, message him and help him get better, because uh, we need him back on the show. Um, also, I was gone for a week. I was in California uh, celebrating my two-year anniversary with my, my beautiful girlfriend, Alyssa. If you're listening, you know I love you with all my entire heart. Um, miss you a lot, and, and uh, hope you had a good day at work. Anywho, today I still actually have uh, a very good friend of mine, uh, a guy by the name of Tony Monk, who actually runs his own sports show. It's, it's ex- pretty much exactly like ESPN. Uh, it's you know a lot of great quality content, a fun guy to listen to and watch. Um, Tony, thanks for joining us, big guy. Hey, man, I, I appreciate the praise. I appreciate it. You know, um, you know, I actually want to kind of give you, you know, I'll let you give you a second to talk about Spot On Sports because you guys got a lot of different things, uh, quality things going on. Take as much time as you need, big guy. And that, and, that, and that will forever stay with them. So, yeah, that's just kind of what we 
do with Spot on Sports is media coverage. Um, you know, just talking the good, the, the good game of sports like we are today right now. Yeah. You know that's that's amazing. You know it's I'm kind of a little bit jealous right now. I wish, man, if I wish I wasn't when I was in high school that we had that. You know, I could have been around that Dallas Texas area and maybe been on it. But you know, that's incredible. Uh, honestly, that's uh, not only for your guy, for you guys, but you know, for the future generation and, and the you know the kids that you'll help out. But uh, you know, that's absolutely absolutely amazing. I got to give you a lot of credit there. Um, you know, uh, I don't think there's uh, honestly there's not a lot of people that want to help uh, these a lot of other people these days. So, um, um, with that, let's kind of get into this a little bit. Um, man, he has been a huge topic over the last couple days. Uh, probably, well, honestly, the entire summer and uh, most of the NFL off season. Antonio Brown has absolutely been unbelievable. I mean, this guy obviously pushed himself off with the Steelers, but I think the thing that surprises me most is. I just the, the the current recent stuff that he's pulling, you know, with the with the helmet stuff. You know, I I understand. And I said this on your show last night. He is the best wide receiver in the game. Okay, and since he came to the NFL in 2007, I think he ranks first in most categories. Do you, do you think he's going out of line here? I mean, let's be real. It, it's got to come to a point where you got to choose to play or you got to walk away. Um, you, we we've seen this before, right? Yep. We've seen this with the greats in the past, with the Randy Moss. Okay. I think Julio Jones is the best receiver in the game. Wow. I, I don't think I disagree with you talent-wise. I don't think I would disagree with you with that. Yeah, I, I, I think I can, I can always see make that case for Julio, but I cannot disrespect or throw any type of shade on what Antonio Brown does. And, you know, you, you, again, you run into these issues with people like Odell Beckham and, and not calling these guys just total bad guys. But they're guys that come with egos and attitudes and has to go their way. For them to be able to perform at the highest level, mm-hmm. and but it comes a time where this is team. This is a team. These are these are uh, it's eleven on eleven. We we got fifty three guys on this roster that that's working their tails off, and uh, more than that in training camp at the moment. And you gotta be there. We know guys like Tom Brady and, and Aaron Rodgers. I said that yesterday because they they have complained in the past. Uh, Brady was the first to speak out when they banned the uh, the old helmets. I want to think I, I think it was back in twenty ten. Mm-hmm. Or it may have been earlier than that, so, so I'm going to back on that. But uh, they still played the game, right? Yep. So it's, they, they still went about their work. They still went about their job. And Antonio Brown, you have, and you're right, it's, it's, it's come in, get in, or, or you can leave. Like, we mm-hmm. can move on. We can. The franchise will continue. Your career will stop here. But you make the decision. If you can do that, we'd love to have you. And, and it's, it's, that's up to Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be a decision in the end. I, for one, I just think he's just – prima donna stuff whining right now it's the off season you know once football gets back together everybody gets the senses back and, and everybody's on the team and everybody's playing like they're supposed to and you you don't want to see things like Le'Veon Bell type incidents to happen again but uh that Antonio Brown's had to get together yeah you know I 100% agree and it was kind of funny I was had a, a big I had to give a big shout out to Tukes uh, David Tewksbury is the voice of the presentation called Saints where I was lucky to play at. And, uh, you know, I was talking to him about Antonio Brown, and I think it was during the Juju Smith-Schuster debacle, as, as I called it. Um, and I felt for Juju Smith-Schuster because, Tony, maybe you've done this too, but I'm a member of the media. Sometimes I'll reach out to a guy, you know, that, uh, you know, writes, you know, for a big newspaper or, you know, just an analyst and just try to get maybe some uh, advice from him or, you know, just try, just try to get my name and work out there. But as a guy that literally released – that he he literally released the message from Juju Smith-Schuster to the entire world. I just I lost all respect for Antonio Brown, not as a football player, but as a human being. Like, I if I was you know I I always tell myself or I hope that if someone ever came to me and actually needed help, uh, based on my beliefs and Jesus Christ and everything else in my life, I I would actually help them out because they deserve to be helped out. Uh, and it all just goes back to I think Jesus would want me to do it. Uh, and plus, it's just, it's the thing you do. If you're a decent person, you try to help people out. What did you think about that whole Juju Smith-Schuster thing and, and how it all went down? I thought that was very disrespectful of Antonio Brown to insult Juju Smith-Schuster in that manner. And when you have this young kid, this young brother, and he's adoring you and he just wants to, you're the greatest receiver in the game to this young man. Mm-hmm. And, and Juju Smith-Schuster is a good receiver. And that's, that's expected mm-hmm. for him to come under you and say, man, I really want to do this and that. And for you 
put that relationship between you guys out there because you you were insulted by the fact that he was becoming a good receiver. Things that you may have taught him. And, and, and it's up to his game. And for him to take that spotlight away from you, you see this with big-time people. Big-time people, it's hard for them to step down. Mm-hmm. He's always your number one for so long. It's hard for you to step down. And he's the team MVP. And then AB brings up the fact that he fumbled in the playoff game. Like, you just throwing the shots at this young man. And I just thought that was really disrespectful. And, and you know, you, I, I'm not going to go and say trash, but it's just he's, he's, a, he's a, a egotistical guy. Yep. That's where that's where Tony O'Brien is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And it was just funny just looking at it. You know, you just look at it and you're just like, wow, dude, you you really lost. A, I think he lost a lot this last year with just how what people think of him and, and his career. Um, you know, do you think uh, do you think that Raiders, and this is kind of a question we raised and you asked me last night too, do you think the Raiders are regretting kind of bringing him on? Uh, personally, I, you know, I said it was, I don't think they regret it yet, but if he doesn't play the entire season after they, you know, if he retires, uh, and they, they traded, you know, a good amount of picks for him. Uh, well, I mean, it wasn't anything special, but because honestly, I think Pittsburgh just wanted to get him out of there. But uh, at the same time, though, he, they gave up picks for him and they're paying him a good amount of money. Uh, what Do you think he, do you think that the, the Raiders are regretting what they did? It's coming. It's coming. It's not already there. Uh, I think John Gruden and and that front office are, are definitely feeling the uh, effects of uh, <laughs> the antics of Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. And they need him on the field, especially in year two of John Gruden's contract and really trying to employ new offense and dealing with new uh, offense players, Ricky Josh Jacobs, uh, new, new uh, uh, the linemen, and what they're trying to do on a revamp defense. And just trying to really put that team together. You want everybody present in training camp, and, and, and AP is in the way of that. You can make cases of maybe he just doesn't want to be there, mm-hmm. right? Maybe, maybe, maybe this is all just a, a thing until the beginning of the season. He comes back, he's ready to play week one, and he's in a new helmet. And it, it's just when you pay so much money for him, being the, was the third highest paid receiver, um, correct? Yeah, uh, something like that. Uh, he's got to be. He's got to be close to the highest paid receiver. I'm not exactly sure what he flies on, but they're paying him a lot of money to be a good football player. You know? Yeah, exactly. And, and and for him to, again, going back to them being, for him to go through these things and him to call, you have to know your environment. You have to know where you are. You have to know what's going on in the moment. You being an issue, if it's that serious, and we'll, we'll never know a person, though. Mm-hmm. We'll never know if it's that serious to a person where he has to have this helmet right here yep. or he can't play the game. And if, and if that's the case, if just thinking, guessing this thing, I'm not going to, I'm not going to question his, 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 his manhood or, or just being about his business. If you have to think so much about this, then you may just need to call it quit. Yep. That's the next Absolutely. You know, um, and I think, you know, it's, you know, I think we should kind of quit talking about Antonio Brown because I feel, I feel like uh, I try to be a positive person. Um, I honestly wish nothing but the best for Antonio Brown. And I, you, I know you do as well. Um, I just, uh, this next season, man, just good luck. I hope he does well with the, with the Raiders. But, um, yeah. And um, so now I think we should kind of, you know, jump to our favorite teams in the NFL, things that we noticed. Um, I know you're a diehard Cowboys fan. And I'm a Vikings fan. Um, and I was hoping Tristan was going to be able to come on tonight and maybe talk a little bit of smack with me about the Packers and Vikings because, you know, he didn't. <laughs> I know I uh, it's it's tough you know I I have him on here because he does a great job for us and and uh, does just continues to do a great job for us and uh, has quality uh, content that goes out so um, but what about the Cowboys do you think um, what do you think is going on with them right now I mean that's a lot of things going out you know Zeke Elliott uh, Dak Prescott Jalen Smith just got a huge extension like this is uh, this is absolutely great well deserved though well deserved though yeah
and lo and behold, all praises that he he's back and he's playing good football. Mm-hmm. And and you can say that he may be close to those Notre Dame days again. And for him to to be able to get that contract, you know, the, the sixty four million dollars, I think is really well deserved of. It's locking him in early. That's mm-hmm. the, and that's the big thing. Is that these teams need to lock these guys in early because they they're coming in form because they're so young. Jalen Smith's still very young. He's coming in the form. Go ball, you wait another season. He's floating close to around sixty eight. Mm-hmm. So this is good to get him now. Why this is cheap? It's an extension. You got him for for uh, you got him for a long time. Mm-hmm. You got him for a long time. So um, they got to work out Dak Prescott. He's the quarterback. We know he's the guy. Um, I said this alone, and I'm saying this so everyone knows. Alone, Dak Prescott's play does not merit thirty million dollars. Thank you. Now we know how the, if we know how the market works. Market calls for thirty million dollars. Mm-hmm. Guys like uh, Matthew Stafford, who, who was once the highest paid quarterback, he has to want a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to throw shade on Kirk Cousins, but his list of accomplishments isn't isn't very big. Yep. And you look at guys who are who are up there like Matt Ryan, uh, appeared in the Super Bowl even though they blew it. Uh, appeared in the Super Bowl and has been in the playoffs. And Dak has has been three playoff games, mm-hmm. three playoff games. And he, he led them to to uh, to NFC East titles, and mm. he's been the guy. He hasn't made many mistakes, and Dak Prescott's Dak game he's developed his plus gene, and 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 it works. So, but it's Ezekiel Elliott, though. It's Ezekiel Elliott. I feel in this case, it should be paid first because he is the driving force of the Cowboys, and <laughs> this is a saying I always say. Cowboys can do all things through Ezekiel Elliott that strengthens them. <laughs> and that, <laughs> the Cowboys, they can. Coach, remember that. They can. Yeah. And Zeke makes it competitive. Zeke puts them in the playoffs. You cannot ignore over 1,400 yards rushing. Nope. In the, in the leading rush of the last two or three years. You cannot ignore that. And the Rams did pay for a guy like, overpay for a guy like uh, Ty Gurley, giving him 14 million. I said yesterday, the uh, highest paid running back before then was Devonta Freeman of the Falcons with nine million. Mm-hmm. So you have to pay Zeke as he's the best back. You want to give him this Le'Veon Bell's contract for thirty million? He if he thinks that's okay with him, but he's looking at Ty Gurley like, am I better than him? Mm-hmm. Am I am I better than this guy? Should I be paid more than fourteen million? Yeah. I think for a guy like Amari Cooper, it'll be easier. I think he knows uh, the Cowboys. I think they know that they're going to sign him. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be surprised if something went well. Uh, I think the odd man out would be Byron Jones, uh, just paying about forty million for a corner. I don't think that's just really a lot of money going around. The cap is going up, but so are players' contracts. Mm-hmm. So I think the Cowboys uh, this this season, I think they can get all three of these guys signed at some point. Mm-hmm. The Zeke thing, I'm not so sure of anymore because I think the one thing we forget about contracts is. These things always play out in the end. Yep. Week before week one, the big signings roll around 64, 50, 40, and, and guys are, are ready to go by week one. Yep. So we got to wait it out. Yep. We have to wait it out. We have to see what's going to happen. We didn't even know Jalen Smith's contract was coming. Yep. So that, that's, that's how you see these things happen in the blink of an eye. It's going to happen when it gets ready to happen. Uh, you'll, you'll hear some news floating around about it. Um, I think the Cowboys season wise they're they're gonna do they're gonna be good. I think like I said they build a lot of holes. I like the Robert Quinn thing, even though he just made it for two games. Mm-hmm. Uh I love what they can do with Randall Cobb. Mm-hmm. He's a better version of a Cole Beasley. Can really stretch the field. Uh, Michael Gavin's coming along. Um the Lions coming back the line is coming back in together with Travis Frederick. Um Dak Prescott, is he gonna make the jump in year four? You know, we we've been watching this guy for a while. He's been at he's had a lot of comparisons with Carson Wentz. We we we're waiting to see if he's going to be the franchise quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys for for years to come, and and that can can prove this. They 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 got him the right group. Jason Witt is back. He, he has the line. He has the defense. He has the receivers. Go win. Yep. Go win games. Into the playoffs. Into the NFC Championship. This is Jason Garrett's last season. Yep. I think Jason is going to do what he can to pull out all the stops. Um, I, it's crazy for him in his last season to put him, his faith in a young offensive coordinator in his first year, Kellen Moore. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's interesting to see what he's going to do with the offense. He may have people excited. The Cowboys have these times where they come out and it's 
Christopher Flat. I think they learned their lesson in the last couple of years. They drafted well. They went and saved the season and got Amari Cooper. Um, you got the guy. You got the guy. This is when you build good teams. This is when you go out and win it. And I, just, I think the NFC is crowded. I still put the Vikings in there. We know mm-hmm. about the Saints. Yep. The Packers are coming back. Um, um, the NFC South has to work itself out still. Um, so it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot going on, but I think the Cowboys will fit in that mystery well. I, I think they really do get into the playoffs. I have to. I just have to agree with you. I really do. The Cowboys are going to be a force this year. If you're a Vikings fan right now, though, it, it's going to be tough. Uh, there's a lot of things going on with the surrounding Kirk Cousins. The one thing I have to say, though, is I am very impressed uh, with the rookie center, Garrett Bradbury. Absolutely enamored by this kid. I, uh, Brian Bollinger, who was a offensive coordinator for the Vikings back in '98, when by the way we had Randy Moss and Randall Cunningham, Robert Smith, Jake Reed, Chris Carter. We were just stacked, my dude. Like we there, there was no defense in the NFL that could guard us. We were at the time we were the highest. Or they had the highest uh, uh, scoring, highest and most efficient uh, scoring offense in the entire NFL. Just just could score at will. Okay, and now the Vikings it's. They're not quite – They're not, well, they're not even really close to that. But here's the thing about the Vikings, okay? The Vikings have needed a quarterback for a really long time. I know we had Brett Favre for that one year. Then we had to go through guys like Christian Ponder. No disrespect, but that was that was hard. Um, you know, we went through a guy like Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, I I have nothing but love for Teddy. I really do. Uh, that dude was uh, was amazing. And then we went to guys like, you know, uh, Case Keenum. And uh, it was – and, oh, Sam Bradford before that, excuse me, who, who was who's effective. And then Case Keenum had that one season. And now we get to Kirk Cousins. The pressure is on Kirk Cousins, my dude. That's all I know. And I think it all comes back to, you know, how he's going to play this next year. But, you know, I'll get to that in a second. But I actually kind of wanted to talk about um, the Cowboys and Zeke. I agree. I think, you know, I think they should pay him. I told you. I said this last night on your show. He deserves to get paid. He deserves to get his money. But, um... We, we've been talking about this guy, Tony Pollard. Uh, I watched him, and I think this was maybe something we forgot to cover last night. I don't know. I maybe forgot to bring it up. But uh, Tony Pollard, I was encouraged by what I saw. Um, and I know that uh, Jerry Jones made a kind of a current controversial comment. He said, Zeke who? And it offended Zeke. And I don't necessarily think he was right to be offended. Come on, dude. It's a joke. Like, let's get, up, let's get above this like, playground stuff. Come on, you know? And... Nope, nope, yeah, it's, it's fine. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. I think Tony Pollard, and this is a thing we were talking about again last night, and it killed the Cowboys counting him. Absolutely. I think that, you know, just with looking at him. But it can't stop there now. Alfred Morris, who was a good, who was a very good running back, had three straight 1,000-yard seasons, uh, I believe it was for the Washington Redskins. The, the entire running game has got to step up now. If you're going to fill a void like a Zeke Elliott, you're going to have to find a way to get everybody involved. It's Tony Pollard and Alfred Morris, I'm sorry, you're not good enough to, be, to, to, to shine the shoes of a Zeke Elliott, but you could do it together, you know? Mm-hmm. Let's. This is me, and yeah? this is me speaking from from what I see. Let's remember it's preseason. Yep. You get a lot of vanilla defenses. We're going against the twos. Um, this, this isn't. These are runs happening without Aaron Donald being on the field. So yep. Let's let's remember what works yep. before we try to go with the unknown. And I'm saying this because you you can throw Kellen Moore and and what the offense will be like in there, but. I don't know what that's going to look like, mm-hmm. right? I don't know what I don't know what Tony Pollard and Alfred Morris is going to look like. Mm-hmm. What I do know is what we look like with Ezekiel Elliott yep. and and in the leading rusher. I think Tony Pollard would do well. I think he would do well. I like his breakaway speed. He can mm-hmm. he can attack out of the backfield, but he's a smaller back. He wasn't one that Daryl Henderson was a starter at it. Mm-hmm. Tony Pollard was the one that carried that carried the ball a lot. And that's not to say that he can't do it. He's just a smaller guy, and I, I know I know what I have. So I think that it's good to be encouraged by that. I'm glad as you as a Vikings fan can look and say, I think that the Cowboys can do well with him. Mm-hmm. But I've always been one to go with uh, go with your full arsenal. Go mm-hmm. into the battle with everything that you have at your disposal and go win. And I think that. Even together, it's, it's, it's not Zeke. Mm-hmm. It's not Zeke even together. I think, yeah, Tony goes out there, he rushes for over 600 yards. Alfred's probably splits with him with 
500 yards. Cowboys come together more than 1,200 yards of offense. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it could work, but what's going to happen when you really need to pound the ball? Yep. Are you really pounding the ball with Tony Pollard out from where he's a smaller back? Now he's not as big as he was when he was a rookie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you get Zeke in there, these, these teams, they put nine in the box. Yep. That's what opens the play action pass. Are they going to respect Tony Pollard and, and, and Alfred Morris? Yep. The team starts taking care of the passing game, but they can still account for the run game with the UF. So I think I think it's good to be encouraged by it. I do like Tony Pollard, I, I, but I would love to see that one-two punch yep. with him and Ezekiel. Absolutely. Um, you know, and this is kind of something, you know, you, you got to respect. I think once I saw Mari Cooper and, and, uh, and, you know, Dak kind of playing together, I was I was really – um, I was really hoping for the Cowboys that they would be able to pull out the upset. Um, I think it was against the Rams or somebody. Yeah, it was against the Rams. Um, I was hoping to because they beat the Vikings back at home, and I was I was salty. I was a salty man. I really was. Um, but no, let's kind of. Uh, what about some other? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, big guy. Say it again. Uh, what were you gonna say? I thought you were gonna say something. No, no, no. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, no, so let's kind of go into some other things we've noticed about our favorite NFL teams. You know, I, um, you know, as a Vikings fan, I have noticed again. Bradbury has been playing out of his mind. Uh, Brian Baldinger, who again I said was the offensive coordinator back in 1988 when the Vikings were amazing. He noticed that Bradbury has been absolutely hitting it out of the park. Um, I've watched the tape. I'm a guy. I'm a film junkie. You know, I've uh, ever since my playing days, I was uh, never the most talented, but I I did my homework, and I, you know, I, I watched uh, Bradbury. And there's he, there's some things he's done very well. Uh, he, right away, he's coming and made the Vikings offensive line better. Like just if you obviously that's what you expect when you draft a guy 18th overall. Am I right? Yeah, you expect a guy to come in and drafted that high and to come in and make your offensive line better. He's he's done that. Uh, the Vikings' offensive line is still a work in progress. Elf line has got to figure it out. Um, on the right side, Josh Klein, who uh, was coming off a, a career worst season with the Titans, so I'm I'm really hoping he bounces back. And then the Vikings don't even have their starting right tackle in Brian O'Neill. So there's still a lot of things that are, uh, you know this this third preseason game that I'm looking for. But what I've noticed so far is that yes, the Vikings can run the ball, but let's temper this. Like you said, my friend, it is all just it, it's the preseason. Nobody cares. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I think before we kind of, you know, get all Vikings fans, before we get excited and you know, see, you know, guys like um, uh, all these different running backs, there's like there's like six of them, literally, you know. And I, I just feel for all, all these Vikings fans because I know I'm a Vikings fan, so I've been there my entire life. You know, you can't expect, you know, guys like C.J. Ham. Uh, by the way, uh, Blasting Game is actually playing out of his mind right now. But uh, as a fullback, that I think he, he has a legitimate shot to go ahead and replace him. But honestly, if you guys are looking at guys like Mike Boone, and if you're looking at other guy, you know other players, and a guy who has to play in order to, to make a difference, you know, in um, Dalvin Cook, you know this that we can't judge this yet. We, second string and third string defensive lines against the same for the offensive line. You know, I, I need to see more. I want to get Mike Boone against the first team. I want to get Dalvin Cook against the first team before I start making any of these things. But we can't. I can't get it. You know, uh, Bradbury's coming and done his job. Um, you know, and at the same time, the Vikings offensive line, it looks better so far. But you know me, man. I told you this last night. I'm a cautious Vikings fan. I, I know when to be real, okay? Um, and, and there's a lot of respect because I, I, I still see the Vikings as a very competitive team. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let's give it time. I, I think you did mention, mention that yesterday with Kirk. Let's give it time. It was mm-hmm. the first year. Okay. Mm-hmm. I still like what you guys have on offense, being able to still be able to run the ball and job and cook being healthy. Yep. Uh, I told you how much praise I can give with Dylan and Stefan. Yep. And I think they guys can, can be competitive in the NFC North division, especially with uh, Rodgers kind of in there. And of course, right now with Madeline Floor and, 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 and that young team and that young defense. So I think the Vikings can really take advantage of some things in the NFC. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really hoping so. It's been a long time without a Lombardi trophy, my friend. It's it's real tough. Uh, I I. When people tease me about the Vikings anymore, I don't even feel pain, my dude. Like that's how much pain I've endured over the last years. It's, it's been tough. Um, but you know, I just, I just hope for nothing but the best. What, what's some maybe some things that you've noticed, uh, maybe for the Cowboys, other things maybe. Um, just that the the Cowboys are just there with, the, with this new team, with this new regime that's kind of going on, and and, and Stephen Jones really taking over things, and just Will Will McClay and those guys drafting so well that. That the team that they've assimilated, they, and they're trying to get better with things like depth. Man, I like the young, the young talent that they have on the defensive side of the ball with mm-hmm. Ozier, 
Uh, we didn't. No one gives enough credit. And oh my God, I can't believe his name just slipped my mind. Oh, it happens. Uh, the corner, 47. Uh, not Anthony Brown. Oh my God, I can't believe I forgot his name. Oh my God! Don't okay, even feel bad. Long. Don't even feel bad. I literally just forgot the starting running back for the for the for the Vikings. I literally had to look it up. I'm not, dude. I I'm a football <laughs> nerd too. So it's just it's just uh, it's just in my mind. I want to say his name is Jordan, but mm-hmm. um, I like what I like what they have. I, I need to give praise to Leighton Vanderish, right? Yep. He's a linebacker made the Pro Bowl. Um, he, he's, he's 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 good in space. He can really tackle. He's man football. Has done wonders for his career. And just what the Cowboys do on the front line, again, DeMarcus Lawrence, they got him under contract, $103. Yep. And he's coming back from this notice surgery. Got cleared from the uh, pub list earlier this week. So he, he, he'll he he'll be ready for week one. Mm-hmm. Um, Byron Jones, he's dealing with some health issues, but if he can come back from that, he can be really healthy. Mm-hmm. I think the Cowboys, when everyone's here, when everyone's under contract, when the dust has settled, they are going to be a really good team. And if they continue to do things like draft well, they continue to do things like snatch guys like Dak Prescott in the fourth round and take chances on Jalen Smith, whose career could be could be up in the air. And he, now he's a good football player. Um, Demarcus Lawrence panning out after four years. And Wuzier and Woods and Jordan Lewis. That was his name. That's his name. Um, but even Myron Jones, when you you get a guy who can jump out of the gym at the combine, and he's an athlete on the field. So I think the Cowboys are stacked across the board. It's just can it come together? Can they can they make it another successful consecutive season? Mm-hmm. I think they've done well in the last three seasons. To Dak and Ezekiel Elliott have gotten there. So um, as long as they can keep up that consistency, I like it. Uh, can I throw another team in there? Absolutely. Go right ahead, big guy. I want to take a shot with the Falcons. Okay. Right, let's look at eight guys on the injured reserve list last year. Keanu Neal, Deion Jones, Devonta Freeman, the list goes on and on. And they were still one of the top teams offensively. Matt Ryan and what Matt. Matty Ice gets dissed a lot. Mm-hmm. Most times deservingly so, but he's a really good quarterback. He is. I can win games with Matt Ryan in a passing system with uh, whereas my guy Bruce will take a lot of shots, Cal Shanahan. Yep. So, <laughs> we have been there. So, uh, I, I think they'll come back and they can really challenge these in the NFC South. The team was just in the Super Bowl recently. Yep. There's still some remnants of that same team, and they're still young. Just two years ago, they was one of the best defenses in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So, I think if they get these same guys back there, they're not green around the ears anymore. They can make a real impact in the NFC. It's just interesting to see Cam Newton and those guys were six and two. Um, last season before Cam went down with that injury. What, how, what about those guys? Like Christian McCaffrey getting better. Yep. Can 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 uh can more take over as a starting receiver. Mm-hmm. So they it's questions with those guys and we know what the Saints are. We don't have to have a whole spiel about them. So no. I'm really really interested to just I kind of, I guess I'm kinda of targeting the whole NFC South over there and just saying this this looks really interesting what can happen. The Buccaneers and Bruce Arians. Yep. Jameis Winston, I don't believe in Jameis. I don't. I'm sorry. No. Nope. But if if anybody can possibly save this guy's career, it's going to be Bruce Arians, the quarterback whisperer. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Evans is still a really good receiver. Mm-hmm. They're still a fairly young team. They can do some good things on defense. They can do some good things on defense. Yep. So just really, really excited about the NFC South for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I agree with that. Um, I just, you know, I, I'm a big guy, and I've liked Julio Jones ever since he came to the NFL. I think he was um, a talent-wise that we just discussed. He's the, he's the most talented wide receiver in the NFL. Um, and maybe not in terms of, uh, not the best receiver in the NFL in terms of production. It was Antonio Brown, I believe, um, since he came in the NFL. But let's face it, I mean, he's, you just got to give the man credit. He is uh, once-in-a-generational talent. Um Anywho, um, let, let's kind of go into our next segment here. We're, uh, we're talking about the NBA. Um, by the way, who is your favorite in an NBA team? I never asked you that. You know what, Coach? I'm not huge on basketball as I am on football, but let me tell you this much. I've been learning the game within the past couple of years as I have. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you I don't necessarily have a favorite team. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, a, I'm a Dallas kid, so I'm a Mavericks fan by nature. Yep. Um, if I had to go with a team, and I know it's going to make me seem like a bandwagoner, but I am just excited about Steph Curry. 
Yep. So, therefore, I put my stock in the Warriors because I just like seeing Steph play. Yep. But if I had, if, if the Mavericks are, we're rolling, I, I love what they're doing with Kadonchik. I think it's going to really work out for his injuries. What's that core group really going to be like? Yep. Uh, we know they can play really defensive. Rick Carlisle still a really good coach. It, they're doing some new things to fall with their stuff. I think it's still going to be a wow for them. They could possibly be a 40-win team, but I, I, I'm a kind of old school over here with the Warriors, but I love my math. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I am a diehard Lakers fan. And uh, I have been for, you know, ever since I think I was 7th uh, or 8th grade. And I watched Kobe Bryant play. And I will never forget that man take over a basketball game. I think they were playing uh, uh, somebody. Like, I th- it was the Hornets, I think. And he dunked over two guys. From that moment on, I was the biggest Lakers fan that you could ever, ever see. I actually uh, I ran into Julius Randle. Uh, it was kind of it's kind of a funny story. Uh, I went to a uh, kind of a job fair when I was in college, and we stopped in this hotel. And my boy Jake Terrell, if you're listening, I know you'll you'll vouch for this. It, it was funny because I I was the only one that noticed him. I followed uh, Julius Randle ever since he was at Kentucky. So uh, we were in the hotel, and uh, we were about to go up to the second floor where the job fair was. Lo and behold, Mr. Julius Randle in the lobby of this hotel, and. Uh, I stopped and somebody bumped into me at the backwards because I'm a, I'm a sports nerd. I know who this guy is. I was like, uh, walked up to him. I'm pretty sure he was, all his alarm bells were going off. And I was like, uh, you're Julius Randall. And he's like, uh, I know. So I was like, man, I'm a big fan. So I, I shook his hand and I'm kicking myself because I did not get an autograph. I didn't get a picture, but I mean, I got to, I got to meet him. I know I was a noob. I was, I just, I don't know why it didn't register. Hey, Colton, why don't you prove to people that you've actually met him before, okay? But it just, I, uh, it was it was rough. It was really rough, but you know what? I ended, it, it ended up okay. I went to the Lakers and Timberwolves game that night. We were in the nosebleeds. Uh, I got a free T-shirt out of it, by the way, so it was a good all-around deal. But, um, you know, we uh, we ended up going to the game and the uh, Lakers lost, but, you know, that's kind of my, my thing. Um, I, cause so uh, I'm a diehard Lakers fan, but I also like the Timberwolves. Um, but... Now, with the Lakers, um, you know, we, we got to talk about this. Um, probably one of the biggest things that's happened in the last couple days, or probably in the last week, Boogie Cousins has gone down. I don't know what you're thinking, but the alarm bells in my head are going off. I'm not necessarily saying that he was going to be that much of a game changer, but I was expecting him to have a great season. Uh, and now the Lakers are thinking about bringing guys like uh, Dwight Howard and some other big men. I don't think that Dwight Howard is even going to have the same close to impact that DeMarcus Cousins would have had. This, I, I'm, I'm a little shocked, you know, uh, with what happened with DeMarcus Cousins. Obviously, I wish him nothing but the best. But this is a big blow for the Lakers, you know. Um, what do you think about the whole DeMarcus Cousins uh, going down and just what this does to the Lakers? Um, first, got to start with DeMarcus Cousins, the individual. Uh, you hate to see it happen. You hate to see guys like him suffer an injury, especially after bouncing back from as many lower body injuries as he's had to deal with. So he was coming off of a season where he was averaging about 14 points a game. This is a guy who was formerly averaging about 25 points a game. Imagine that ball both supremacy and being in DeMarcus Cousins' shoes. As to the Lakers, it hurts because he's a solid center still. Yeah, he could be a stretch five, you know, being a power forward. Um, he, he can open he can help open up the court and LeBron being the type of player that makes guys better would, would, it would definitely would, would have added a boost to the Marcus Cousins game so um, it's a it's a blow for the for the Lakers I think they can account for it um, you think of Dwight Dwight Howard when you it kind of takes you back to that 2012-13 season with uh, Nash and Kobe and how they was supposed to bring in this what could have been that new age big three and it, it just failed and everything just it was a dumpster fire so he comes back and yeah he's had a, he's had a good season he, he had to overcome a couple, a couple of injuries last season um nearly averaged a double double with 25 points and 17 rebounds uh against uh brooklyn in november so he showed slashes and you know if, if it works with dwight uh, I think it'll be okay. I think the Lakers will be okay anyway if they happen to be a little weak at center. You look at Jackie Noah, uh, Maurice Spates. Um, it, it's not a lot of names out there. It's a center. You just kind of need a quality guy that's going to be able to get rebounds for you. If you are looking for that, then I think Dwight Howard would be perfect. Um, he's got some type of relationship with LeBron. It's the Lakers. All, all eyes are on the Lakers. 
Yep. So, uh, so, so I can't give you that. Um, just with Boogie, what better option was it than Boogie? Yep. And, and that next and that next name is is either Noah or Howard. So I think if you want to go with the little safe, consistent pick, maybe Noah. Yep. If you can get something and get some splash sometimes to have a little bit of those assets, which you would have had with the Marcus Cousins, uh, then you get Howard. So that's, yep. that's kind of where I put my money in on that. Absolutely. You know, it's it, it's tough for me. It really is. I, being a Lakers fan, obviously I've had to endure some thi- uh, you know some heartbreak. You know, with the way that things Genie Bus and the rest of the entire Lakers organization was running this team, you know, for the for a while, it was it was hurtful. Um, but you know, at the same time, listen, I I still think that the, the the Lakers trying to bring in Dwight Howard. I don't know how to feel about it. I really don't because are you gonna? I I don't you I know you know your stuff, but listen, the, there's no way. You, <laughs> There's no way that Dwight Howard is going to come in and have the same amount of impact as as Boogie Cousins. But here's the thing, Boogie Cousins. No way. What's that? I said no way. No. No. Yeah, and because Boogie Cousins can shoot the three, Dwight Howard literally wishes he could shoot the three in his dream. Like it's no offense to him, but Dwight Howard back in the day wasn't known as a shooter. He was obviously known as a big guy, a guy that would dunk on you, dominate the boards. That was that. Was, that's who Dwight was. And him coming in, I think it would be a big loss. But I still see the Lakers being a team uh, that could come in and play well and uh, possibly uh, do their thing. I just, man, when I saw Boogie Cousins go down, oh, I just, I knew, I, and it was actually, but I knew about he went down before the ACL injury, so I was actually. I, I was really I was so scared as a Lakers fan. I'm like, I, I knew it right away. I was like, oh great, now who are they gonna have coming? And Dwight Howard's the first, first guy that came up. And I just, listen, Dwight Howard doesn't have to average 30 points a game. He, he, guy comes in, gets 10 to 12 points a game, and maybe gets double digit rebounds on a night. I think the Lakers will be just fine. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, when you, you look at stars like LeBron James and, and Anthony Davis, and, and even Cal Kuzma can't uh, can't rule a guy like him out. That was really averaging close to 18 points a game, uh, close to 20 at most at most points. And if he can really stay with that type of consistent shooting, LeBron's gonna really open the floor up. Rajon's still there. They still got. They have some. You guys have considerable depth. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't say that about you. Is are these guys a lot of veteran guys? So I think the Lakers are, are building that. They have blocks in place in case things go wrong. Like. That's a first time thing for LeBron becoming getting injured last year. Yep. Like let's let's do some things to account for that. Let's not rule out the fact though he is a man among boys. Yep. We we know he's a man made machine, but he's getting old. Yep. He is getting old and, and once these things start, you hope they stop. Yep. But LeBron's gonna go hundred miles per hour, but he's a man who knows how to take care of his body. Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't wish he to be any player. I think LeBron will be just fine. Um, like I said, I like guys. Caldwell Pope's going to be good. Uh, Jared Dudley. Uh, we know JaVale McGee. He's a physical guy. Mm-hmm. They can come in, uh, whoever you do get, to be your starting center. He's a guy that can come in from behind. Um, Quinn Cooks, uh, he's a nice shooter coming from the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, we know what we know what Rajon's going to do. Yep. So I think the, I think the Lakers, they're going to be there. They're going to be there. They're going to get it figured out. They're going to get the center that they need that's going to be serviceable. Uh, the bulk of the work is going to come from uh, LeBron and, 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 and AD. You still have two really big, two big men on the court. Mm-hmm. Let's remember that mm-hmm. you still have two big men on the court, two guys that can average twenty-five points a game. Um, I think you guys are still in a good place. Harris to lose Boogie. Harris to lose Boogie because he was going to come into an offseason. Harris to lose Boogie because he was going to get that that year of being at full strength and at fourteen points could have shot back up to seventeen. Yep. So it's Losing shooters and LeBron has to be surrounded by shooters. That, that's that's him being a physical guy, a guy that really takes it inside there's defense in the in the front court. Mm-hmm. He needs the shooters that that's going to finish it for him. That's, that's yep. really going to that's really going to be able to take over games when when he is already taking over games to so really put on that pressure. So, um, I, I, I hate it because my Warriors can't can't be there because my guy Clay is down, but it's okay. I let LeBron have his shine this year. <laughs> Lakers is <laughs> But no, I think the Lakers, they, they're going to look really good. Mm-hmm. 
You know, I actually know. I, I think I, I was actually watching. I think it was Game Six when the uh, when the Warriors were were trying to come back against the Raptors, and I, I watched Clay go down. And I'm thinking, oh man, that's you, you never wish an injury to go uh, to happen to anybody, but the last guy in the world you would ever wish it upon was Clay Thompson. And uh, I remember, yeah, I just remember watching it. I'm like, no, because he was he had like 30 points, and it was like the third quarter. He was gonna go off for 50, Tony. He was gonna go off. <laughs> And I you know, it was coming, I think Clay was on his way to fifty points mm-hmm. in his games. Had he not went down the Warriors would have won, we'd be talking about a game seven coach. Yep, I know. It was Oh, I know, and um, I've always been a big on Clay Thompson, but um, now we got to kind of go into our final thing here. You know, we're, we're going to talk about Carmelo Anthony, and it's kind of a big issue in, in today because let's face it, Carmelo Anthony's uh, typically been one of the best scorers in the NBA. Like, I don't think we could deny that. Um, but arguably one of the best college basketball players ever to do. I think he was only there for a year, but listen. I still think that Carmelo Anthony deserves to be on a roster, but he needs to realize that. He, he obviously he's not the dude anymore, but he also needs to realize that he does need to contribute a good amount. Like he, I I feel like he needs to probably score anywhere from twelve to fifteen points a game. I know that's probably a lot, but for him have to have to have a place on a roster, and I think it all starts. They actually want him to go to the Lakers, and I I don't know how I feel about that. I really really don't. But if I'm looking at a guy like Carmelo Anthony. I have to have him. I have to have him score at least 12 to 15 points a game. Oh, what's your whole take on the whole Car- Carmelo Anthony situation? Coach, I'm going to say this here on the Sports Brief Podcast. <laughs> I'm going to say this to everyone that's listening to this show. Mm-hmm. Melo fans, let it go. <laughs> let it go. It's okay. These things happen. The greats come in. They leave the game. We're a little hurt. Because they can't go out the way we want them to. Mm-hmm. There will be no farewell, anything from Melo. I'm not. I'm not going to say he won't get picked up. Mm-hmm. But Melo is Melo now. Mm-hmm. We can get other guys in the NBA that can score 12 to 15 points coming off of the bench, and they can contribute at least as much or more than Melo. Yep. Now Melo's Melo status is, is even with a lot of other players in the league. Oh, we can, he can drop 18 points. Yeah, but okay. Kuzma can drop 18 points. Yeah. And by the way, yeah, I, I think Kyle Kuzma is one of the better uh, better players. I think he's got a better stroke than LeBron. See, yeah, and just in, in shooting now. Yeah. the shooting game has changed. These young players have caught up, caught up with a guy like Melo. Yes. Yep. There was a time he was the best scorer. Yes. There was a time he was averaging 25, 27 points a game. Yes. There was a time he was an all-star, an Olympian. Yes. You know, those, those things, that, but yeah, the time comes and it goes. Mm-hmm. Everyone's not a LeBron that can really play the game and stay in it long. Guys like Chris Paul are breaking down at, at some point. Kobe yep. went a, a good, a, a nice run, but those guys are better than Carmelo Anthony. Yep. It, that's what it is now. We have to let it go. It's not going to happen. Melo isn't going to make. People are waiting for Melo to make this 20 point research. Yep. <laughs> like it's, yeah. It's not happening. No. No. I, I totally agree with that. Carmelo is not going to score 20 points again. I, I, he barely scored 16 last year. And I only played, he only played in 10 games and started two of them. But come on. he He's not the score he once was. He doesn't play defense. And he never has. And at a, at a very high level, I should say. I mean, there's been years he, he's been okay. But overall, he's not, he's not one of the, we're not going to remember Carmelo Anthony as one of the best defensive players to ever do it. But the thing is, you're exactly right. Carmelo Anthony's not going to score 20 points a game this next year. He, like I said, he's lucky to score uh, probably 18 points a game like next year. He needs to score 12 to 15. I think that's if he goes, like a team like the Lakers, if they sign him, that's what he needs to do. I Again, I, no, no, I'm not throwing shade, but I think he deserves a farewell just because, you know, he has done a lot for the game, but he has to go out uh, the right way with the right attitude. So he needs to know, hey, you know what? Just go out there, don't do anything too awful on defense, score a couple points, come back on the bench, and let Anthony Davis and LeBron James do their thing. <laughs> like, like yeah, like that is his, that's going to be, his, if he does go to the Lakers, which I highly doubt, because um, I know, you know, Boogie Cousins went down, but Kyle Kuzma, I, ever since this guy got in the NBA and he was tearing it up with, in the summer league with Lonzo Ball, 
Um, I was I was enamored by this guy. I was I was ready for this guy to absolutely break out. You know, last year he a little bit uh, didn't shoot as hot last year, but like I said, and I've said it a long time on this podcast, I truly believe that Kyle Kuzma is a better is going to be a better shooter than LeBron. He's not quite there yet again because last year again he kind of went backwards a little bit, but I think he's going to be a better shooter than LeBron. I think he has uh has the potential to be the Defensive player uh, of close to LeBron. I don't think he come in. I mean, come on. LeBron is uh, is a really good defensive player when he wants to play. Um, but I think that overall, I think Kyle Kuzma could be. Uh, I think he could be one of the best players to ever do it. Kyle Kuzma is gone. He's a good young player, and they they stuck with him, right? They yep. Stuck with him when they was first trying to obtain uh, Anthony Davis, and they packaged all these guys up. You know, Lonzo and those guys. Brandon Ingram, you know, that used to be the thing. Is, is it going to be Brandon Ingram or is it going to be Kyle Kuzma? Yep. Uh, two guys with very high ceiling. Well, well, I, I said this a long time ago. I said one's going to work. Yep. One of them will work. And the other one won't. And then the, if the Lakers get lucky enough, if both those guys pan out, they're going to be a really good team. But only one will work because it seems too good to be true. Yep. So Brandon Ingram falls out. He gets traded. And now Kuzma, he stepped up. Yep. LeBron, LeBron likes Kyle Kuzma. Yep. So, and, and there's a lot to praise about this kid's game, being a really good shooter. Um, he, he's, he's just growing. He's getting faster. He's getting stronger. It's, it's good to see. It's good to see what he's really going to do this year. I just want to see if he's going to up his game. I want to see, can you come out here? Can you average me 20 points? Yep. Can you really, can you really be a dominant player? And who is going to be dominant with LeBron James? That's the question for the Lakers. It's also the question for Calculus. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Uh, you know, he's got to live up to the hype this year, and if the, if the Lakers want to win something, he's got to do something. So, absolutely, I agree. Um, you know what, Tony? I just got to say, it has been an absolute uh, blast having you on. I, uh, I love, I honestly love talking sports with good sports minds because, I don't know, I mean, we, we discussed it too. You know, we were talking earlier is that, Honestly, this is the best job in the world, and obviously everybody should want to do it because I, I talking sports and being around all these good people, you just it's truly a profession and career like no other. So um, why don't you tell them where they can follow you on, on and uh, with you know a spot on sports and everything? Uh, you guys can uh, find spot on sports. Uh, you can head to our YouTube channel. Just type in spot on sports. The red, black, and white is over mm-hmm. Um And just you know click that notification bell, subscribe, mm-hmm. comment, like the videos. Um, I do say this, we're a small growing business. If you see some things in our videos, let us know what we can do to get better. Mm-hmm. You know, if you guys want to engage a spot on sports, uh, something that you guys want to talk about. We want to make something for those who are just watching us so they can kind of really be able to come on like a, a face-to-face thing, much like you do, and, and be able to talk with us. We're just trying to develop things like that. But we got the live going on our Facebook Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys can see SOS Nation podcast or my podcast, which I had my good man coaching on yesterday. Mm-hmm. Spot podcast Tuesdays. Um, you can find us on Instagram, uh, spot underscore on sports on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we got live tweets. We keep you guys updated during most games. You know, giving you guys news and updates. Uh, you can find a lot of our content on there. Um, Facebook, uh, you know, like I said, again, spot on sports. You can find me. At Monk underscore SOS on Twitter and Instagram. Tony Monk on Facebook. Uh, and I'm just happy to be on the Sports Brief Podcast. I had a blast with you, Coach, man. It's been, it's been a real treat. It's, it's been a tweet because I've been getting to know you through talking sports. So mm-hmm. I think that's real cool, man. It's going to be a pleasure working with you. And I'm filtered in. We're, we're all going, like a new team, going into our first year together, you know, yep. into the football season. So we're going to have a lot to talk about. Yep, absolutely. I 100% agree. Uh, like I said, go follow Tony on Instagram and Twitter, please. Uh, you know, subscribe to his YouTube channel. Please go. You know, make sure you guys subscribe and get everything on a spot on sports. They know what they're doing. They have a blast while they're doing it, and they're just a you know ton of fun to watch. So, uh, you know, uh, thanks again, Tony, for joining us. It means a lot. Um, this is Colton Hall signing off. Uh, please take it easy, everybody, and uh, have a good night.